Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the top is of the hydrant we Welcome, welcome, welcome rise. back All my doodadders, future fathers, potential parents And everyone else tuning in This is Dad Hard with a podcast As always, I am the host and the creator of the show, Mo Green And how is everybody on this fantastic week? Um, This is episode 25 of Dad Hard with a podcast And finally, we've got out of the um, NBA Legends series of uh, of podcast episodes You know, 23 is Michael Jordan, 24 Kobe Bryant Now we're at 25 And uh, now we're just on episode 25 The uh, a quarter way to 100 um, It's a pretty cool episode that we got going on here uh, The fact that we've made it 25 episodes is fantastic I appreciate, as always, everybody for rocking with me And continuing to listen Continuing to uh, follow the podcast and 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 ultimately get value out of it, right? That's that's why that's why we do this here at, at Dad Hard with the podcast. Um, we I'm trying to do everything that I can to help future fathers, expecting dads, new dads, new parents, everything. Um, try to navigate this crazy adventure that we call fatherhood because it is crazy there is no roadmap there is no manual so at least you got a podcast that uh that you got an outlet for other dads talking about their experiences um as always to connect on a fatherhood brotherhood Hit us with an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and the Facebook, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Um, last week was, was fantastic. I want to give a big shout out to my main man, Dave Fellman, um, taking time out of not only his hard dadding schedule, but his, uh, his NFL schedule being, uh, you know, the head of social media over at the NFL, drafts on its way up, combine, the, the whole thing. Um, it's, uh, it's a crazy time for him. So I really appreciate you taking, uh, taking the time out to, to do the interview and sit down with me for a few minutes. Dave, uh, I saw a picture of Archie uh, yesterday on Instagram. I know. I, I DM'd you about it. Yo, he is going to be the man. Um, so again, thank you for sharing your story. It was the first time that we've had a dad that's actually only one month in. So for any expecting dad that's kind of like just jumping into the show, definitely jump back and check out check out episode 24 um, with, with, with Dave Feldman because he really, really, really gave a fantastic breakdown and, and super accurate um, split of all the emotions and the highs, the lows, the, the hardships, the difficulties you're finding navigating this new life as a parent after just one month into, into fatherhood, which is exactly why I asked him and, and wanted to get him on the show. He's the newest father that we've had. Um, and that first month is so fucking crazy it really really is it's 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 so difficult to to navigate and understand and and you're not sleeping and you know dads out there you know how it is expecting dads you've probably heard how it is um but it's just really a life altering few weeks um to capacities and levels that you can never understand until you actually go through it um or unless you listen to to Dave talk about his experience on it because kid he just hits the nail on the head with all of the of the the spectrum of things that you're going through um at that moment uh so you know definitely check that out if you haven't already um and uh, and also, I'd like to make a massive announcement. We've just hit number 79 on the kids and family chart across all platforms on the internet. Uh, that's fantastic. So it doesn't matter whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, Podchaser, Acast, Spreaker, uh, CastBox, whatever you're using, it is helping and the pod is being recognized um, by a beautiful company called Chartable. They aggregate 
all listens across all platforms and dad hard with a podcast is officially number 79 this week and that is such a blessing and so awesome and i really appreciate every single person that listens that shares that tells their friends etc um because uh, you know we're trying to spread awareness about this because I, I'm hoping that this is helpful to fathers and I wish that when I was a new dad um, or an expecting dad that I had a outlet like this that could have prepared me or, you know, at least given me some concept of an idea of what is going to happen to me throughout my experience of fatherhood. With that said, enough with all that. Let's jump right into this week. Uh, it is week 31 of being a father and uh my daughter as i've been going down the path for the last few weeks independence is the key word she just wants to move around she wants to explore she wants to be independent but now what she really 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 wants to do is talk she is like desperate to talk however she just thinks that every word is up you know, like that's what she's just said. She just she'll just be crawling around the house going up, 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 up. She's really digging the fact that she can make these P sounds, you know? So like I I'm trying to like expand the vocabulary from up to or, or what sounds like up. You know, she also could be saying app. I don't I, you know, who really knows? It's a baby. But but uh, I'm really trying to take the fact that she's really loving these P sounds and expand it into other words, you know, we tried with Apple and that's kind of where the whole, uh, the whole P fiasco started from. Um, you know, I try to beatbox for her and she loves it because it's this constant P and, and B sound. So she hears that popping and she thinks that when she says it back to me that we're like having a conversation and it's really, it's really hilarious because like I'm imitating her, but then she's imitating me imitating her. And then she just thinks that that's us like having a conversation. So she just starts like laughing and then it keeps saying up and up, up. It's just, it's the most adorable fucking thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, and that, I get, I don't know if that's normal for this age. Um, you know, at this point, what is normal with a baby? But once you hit that, that week 26 mark where they turn six months, man, anything is possible, you know? And then once you get two weeks past that, really into week 28, from 28, all the way into the 30s, you know, they could be doing anything. You know, they're going to be trying to make sounds because they're hearing you talk. My daughter loves to listen. She loves to sit. The only time she's actually quiet is when, um, and, and not making her own sounds, is when she is sitting and listening to me or my wife or somebody else speak at length. She'll kind of like stop everything that she's doing and just sit and stare at us. And she'll smile because we're having a conversation. And then when we're done, then she'll start saying up again and think that she's involved in the conversation. And it's, again, the most adorable freaking thing you're ever going to see in your life. Um but that's kind of what this week is, it has brought. She really wants to be talkative. You know, she's, she's seeing the communication, the oral communication, um, between my wife and I, between me and other people, between my wife and other people, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and she wants to be a part of that now. You know, I, I talked about it for a while. She's always been extremely inquisitive and exploratory. She wants to explore things. And once she started being able to move and crawl, she really has gone above and beyond exploring everything that she possibly can. You know, we were at a friend's house the other week and she, or not the other week, the other day. And she was just crawling all over the place because it was a new place she wanted to explore everything they had a carpet she had never really like been on a real like fluffy carpet like that for an extended you know surface area uh you know since we moved back into our apartment after our flood um and, and, and she was loving it. She was rolling around in it. She was touching it. She wanted to know what this feeling was. She wanted to explore. You know, she was exploring the friend's house that we were at. They, they have a, a two and a half year old. And, you know, she wanted, uh, my daughter wanted to explore all of her toys and, and see what they were. And she was taking teacups and drinking out of cups, out of them because she thought they were like her water cup at home and all this different stuff. She's really trying to be exploratory. And now, 
now she's really exploring the oral audio sound exploration um and that is really cool to see until like i said a way 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 long time ago until she learns the word no then that's going to be the bane of my existence because as soon as she my daughter tells me no to something uh i will look at her and i'll say what happened to up you know um and 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 that's what this week has really been it's been watched watching her exploring her speech and her sounds and it's a beautiful thing to watch again you're watching this person develop you know and like she is she's making those sounds because she learned them from myself and my wife you know what I mean? Like you taught her those sounds. You taught her how to make those sounds that they mean something that is a, that it's a part of life. So she's starting to understand that. And it's such a beautiful and incredible thing to watch. Uh, you know, I really just still sometimes like stare in awe of her when she is doing that because I'm just like, yo, you are such an amazing little person because you're becoming a person. Um, now, Besides that, I would definitely be remiss if I didn't talk about my extreme uh, insanity uh, uh, going about this coronavirus thing that's going on right now. So we're really going to timestamp this episode. Uh, You know, coronavirus is running rampant across the world and it is a really scary thing for a parent. And this goes into every, you know, any type of thing. When your child can be possibly sick or have something wrong with them. You know, I've talked about first fevers and first time they've been sick and have a cold and a runny nose and a cough. I've talked about all of that before because I've already gone through that. But now, knowing that my daughter is at daycare full time and, you know, that there are other kids there. A vast array of ages, and I say vast array of ages, I'm talking, you know, from six months to two and a half, you know what I mean? Maybe the oldest kid is three, you know, but, you know, that's a wide range of age that, that you have a six, seven month old child, you know, going to be around every day, you know, um, I don't know who their parents are. I don't know what their parents do. Are their parents riding the train every day? Did they just fly back from Zimbabwe? Like, I don't know what these people are doing and what precautions they're taking against, you know, the possibility of spreading this virus. Did they just spend a weekend in in, in New Rochelle where the National Guard has just been unleashed, you know, uh, and quarantined down that whole area? Like, I don't know these things. And it makes me really nervous. And it's and it nervous to the point where we actually kept our daughter out of daycare yesterday because she didn't look right. She didn't have a fever. She went to bed with a fever, woke up. No fever. We must have taken it about 30, 11 times, you know, but I think that's us doing the right thing. She didn't seem right. She's been having this cough and this runny nose and, and, um, and congestion for a while. And I think that, that, that what we did was the right thing. And I think that as a parent, you have a responsibility and you learn to have a responsibility, um, to other parents. Right? Like I said, we're all connected on this fatherhood, brotherhood, this parenthood, brotherhood, sisterhood, right? We're, we're all connected on that. And, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid, uh, and, and a, and a village to build a family. Uh, and, and I, and I believe in that. And we all, I, at least I believe, I'm not trying to preach to anybody or anything like that, but I believe that, that, that it was our responsibility as parents to keep our daughter away from other kids until we knew that she was actually okay and not sick. I don't want to be I don't want to be responsible for getting any other kids sick, especially in a time like this. You know, like a common cold is bad enough and scary enough as a parent when you're watching your kid go through it, now knowing that there's something bigger and crazier out there that can affect even more people and is spreading like wildfire, you know, like this is like a real life version of Freaking contagion or outbreak, you know, from the, in, the the insanity that's going on in the world right now. You know, whole countries are shutting down, and and they're talking about you know NBA not playing games with fans in the stands. Like this is all real life stuff. Um, and as parents, it's really scary. Um, 
And it should be because you are now just not thinking about yourself. And I'm the definition of that type of a person that, oh, I I never worry about getting sick. I've been sick maybe five times in my entire, like actually sick. I've been sick maybe five times in my entire life. Um, And thank God for a great immune system. Um, So I'm I'm not anybody that's ever worried about germs or, or, or sickness or anything like that because I know it doesn't affect me, but when you throw a child into the mix, it you have to change your, you just not even have to, you just change your entire way of thinking, your entire methodology for everything. I, I bite my nails. I am now desperately trying as hard as I possibly can to keep my hands out of my mouth. It's a, something I've done to my entire life. It's a hard habit to break, right? But I'm des- I'm trying desperately to do what I can from a mental standpoint to keep my hands out of my mouth so that I don't contract this virus because the way that you do it is by germs, the, the, the disease or the virus getting on your hands and going into your mouth, eyes, whatever. I'm desperately trying as hard as I can because I don't want much. It's scary to me to be living in a time where something like this can affect my child. Um, and I've rambled on about that for, for too long already. So all I'm going to say out there is, listen, we're all in this together as parents. It's the fatherhood, brotherhood, the motherhood, sisterhood, the parenthood, brother, sisterhood. Um, you know, like let's let's do our part in a time like this for all of our kids uh, and just be, and let's just be extra conscious, man. If we can be crazy about our kids' health at home, let's be crazy about other kids' health outside of our home um, because it's it's a scary time right now. Uh, the hysteria seems to be real and, um, you know, I, I don't want to be shut in my house like they're doing with Italy where I, I can't walk outside or my daughter can't walk outside. So, you know, let's all do our part. Let's wash our hands. Let's not put our hands in our mouth. Let's do the whole thing and hype. Anyway, that is all for this week's episode of Dad All Over the Podcast. Again, I don't mean to be preaching. You know I don't do this. That's not what this is about. Um, we're going to jump into the musical break right now. And on the back end, I have a awesomely hilarious fucking dude coming on we used to run northwestern party scene together uh dance circles and 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 all that he is the definition of a of a renaissance man within entertainment dj actor comedian uh and somehow he finds the time to be a dad also so i have my main man adam welton coming up um and uh, that's a really hilarious conversation. So keep it locked. Uh, we're going to jump in a music break and we will catch you on the other side. Over and down wall, we swagger like Sean John. Over and down wall, we swagger like Sean John. Over and down wall, we swagger like Sean John. Over and down wall, we swagger like Sean Benny the Jet, no handy but yet Pops tell us to drink up 
Like this will put some hair in your chest That was And we are back With this week's episode of Dad Hard With a podcast And as always you know once that music break hits It is time for the guest segment of the show And my guest this week As I tell you every single week Is a very special guest It is my main man back from my NU days We used to take over all the Norris parties uh, the, the little the little club parties that we had on campus and everything just rocking out he is uh one of the most high energy fun loving entertaining love to have a good time dudes that i know very similar to myself he is the modern day kind of entertainment renaissance dad as we're gonna call it uh so with no further ado i'd love to introduce my boy adam welton aka a dub in the club aka dj matt hatter how are you good sir Man, what a great intro, bro. I just need to have you walking around with me just introducing me to people like that. You know what I'm saying? That's why everybody says I always try to, I always want to, you know, big up everybody because like every, I, I'm so appreciative of anybody that, that comes on and, and does this with me and is willing to talk for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, so much appreciation that I have for everybody that comes on. So I want to give them the biggest up that, that, that I can give, uh, because, uh, it's, it's, it's very special to me and, uh, just show my appreciation, man. But, how are you doing good sir oh i'm great man i'm just over here uh, i'm trying to hustle some new t-shirts i got a brand new uh dj mad hatter design t-shirt that i'm working on uh you actually helped inspire me to get that you know oh, i have some t-shirts yeah yeah so I'm not, i got some new t-shirts coming out so i'm just uh doing some designing on the back end for the hoodies and t-shirts and you know gotta always keep it moving absolutely see and this is exactly why i want to talk to you right you are like the modern day renaissance renaissance man i'll call you the modern day renaissance dad since we're on a dad podcast right but you know you always have your hands in something different you had the podcast you do djing you you dj the bar mitzvahs and 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 parties and on all that type of stuff both for kids adults and, and everything events um, you do acting, you do comedy, stand up, the whole nine. How the hell do you have any time to be a dad to two kids? Man, that's a great question, bro. Because you know, the, the, the thing is, is it's because I do all of those things. That's how I have the time. Because you know, I work for myself. I work for God first. Then you know, it, everything else makes it so much easier. So I mean, my main gig is DJing, and right. so I work pretty much on the weekends, which opens up my week to raise my daughter. So I got to pick them up from school, you know what I'm saying, get them ready. Uh, I'm so excited because my second daughter, uh, Alani, just started school yesterday. Yes, I saw the Instagram post <laughs> of the Facebook shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thankful, man, because I got two kids in school. And Damn. so now I just have even more time to do everything that you were talking about. Yeah, for sure. Before they went, got into school, how did you find it difficult to kind of carve out the time? You know, obviously, I assume knowing you and the person that you are, um, that you were probably a dad first, right? That I, I, I you're just a. That's kind of the, the the person that you are. You're just a good hearted, good natured person. Um, so I assume that that was obviously the priority, right? But on the flip side of what I just asked, how did you make the time to carve out all of the other things that you wanted to pursue while you were raising two kids before you know putting them into school? Were you just staying up pulling all nighters every night? Uh, I- <laughs> no, man. You know what, bro? I mean, just like I said, you know. I, when I work literally four to five hours a week, like for real, for real, and I charge fifteen to thirty five hundred dollars for a party, right? I I can you know I have time during the week, you right. know what I'm saying, to to raise the kid, you know. So how are you now maximizing the time besides doing the DJing of the, I mean, the designing of the shirts and everything like that? What are you? What are you? What's your next thing that you're trying to get involved in? How are you utilizing now all this free time that you have with your both daughters in school? Well, the, the T-shirts is the idea is that we want to make money in our sleep, right? So of we course. can have time for our for our family and friends and do whatever we want. So, you know, so I'm trying to work on that so I can, you know, make some money in my sleep. But other than that, you know, my main focus is um, is an actor. 
You right. know what I'm saying? And so that's that's my true passion. My my dream is to literally be Idris Elba. No, Idris right. Elba is a is a DJ, but he's also, you know, Idris Elba. You right, know what I'm course. saying? And so that to me is the ultimate goal. It's just it's pretty much act full time, DJ, you know, at Coachella when they need me to come through right. you know for a little bit. They can't and, get Idris, so they that, call they call you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, so so how so what are you going so what are you doing to kind of get that done during the week? Are you just like going to cast call casting calls and and, yeah. and auditioning for shit all week? Yeah, pretty much, man. I usually have you know anywhere between one to three auditions a week. Okay. Um. So yeah, I just booked something uh, last week. I played a doctor for some app for medical providers and stuff yep. uh i know y'all probably saw me in that kendrick lamar music video be humble you know what i'm saying i was in that yep. uh, <laughs> but, uh but other than that man it's pretty much just auditioning and you know it, it really is it, and also just doing comedy like you said so right. i've just been really you know i'm excited that my wife is no longer working at night um and so now i can go out and do a lot more comedy and just you know go have more fun on on the scene you know and develop a relationships for sure. uh just you know doing some more comedy for sure and and that and that seems like such a natural again knowing you and knowing the person that you are and like i'm sure everybody listening can kind of hear the inflection in your voice and the you have this just natural comedic prowess um, that I feel like comedy is just like coming natural to you. Is you you finding it easy to do that? Is it coming natural? Uh, I know you're doing a stand up thing uh, mostly, and that was something I guess that you started semi recently. Um, how are you finding that going? Well. So I've been trying to get you in it as well. I know you, you know have. I know. That's true. I know. We've had many conversations about it. <laughs> so that's that's the main thing. But 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 one of the main things with comedy, um, I really enjoy the freedom of going up there and saying whatever you want to say. And you can't. It's like Trump. He goes up there. He says whatever he wants to say. doesn't care what anybody else says. That's right. comedy. That's why this dude is so funny. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, I I do. It is very comedic. So the power of of the art of using your words, or you know, some people like physical comedy, but me, you know, when I go up there, um, I like to. You got to be aware of the room of the space because a lot of comedians they'll go in there with their little memorized set. But no, you got to go and you got to see. Look, what is this weird ass looking dude right here? Like, what's up with your boy right here? Like stuff like that. To me, is comedy like because that's in the moment. Everybody can see it right then and there. And you know what I'm saying? That's that's just something about, you know, being in the moment and just the freedom of being honest without having any restrictions. Because any other time in life, any other time, you got to hold back what you want to say to your wife. You can't say that to your boss. You yeah. can't say this to so-and-so, to that person who just, you know, uh, made you angry at the grocery store. I mean, you can, but there's going to be consequences. Right, for sure. You know what I'm saying? And when you hit the mic, yeah, there's consequences on comedy, but... To a certain extent, it's still, you know, we leave it at, on the stage as comedy. That's the art form. It is very much one of the f- most free art forms that we still have out there because the whole purpose of it, like you said, is to exercise your freedom to the maximum capacity just to get up. A laugh, whether you're in, uh, whether you're offensive or you're conservative, you know the whole point is to get a laugh out of whatever method you use to do that. So I, I completely dig that. Do you, you will, uh, do you test out your your comedy routines on your kids? <laughs> they give me comedy routines, but <laughs> no, no, man. You know when I'm in there, if, if something happens. Uh... You know, I'll go up there and I'll, I'll try it on stage and, you know, see if it works. But, yeah, they, the girls, they always try to give me jokes. You know what I'm saying? Right. She's got knock-knock jokes, uh, you know, <laughs> that she's trying to – And, you know, it, and all of her knock-knock jokes end with uh, – this is the five. She's going to be six, little Layla. All of her knock-knock jokes and then like, farts and butt and all this other just little kid stuff. And yep. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can we can we get past the booty humor? Like, go <laughs> up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You don't think right. that would work on stage at, at, at the clubs doing knock knock jokes and with farts? Hey, look, <laughs> I saw this comedian who killed the set doing knock knock jokes. Dude's name That's... is Flip Schultz. The funniest knock knock jokes I've ever heard, and they were all sexual, very inappropriate, but he killed it. So yeah, check him out, man. Flip Schultz. It's twenty twenty. You got to brand yourself. Of course. 
what what are you doing? You know, you're the dad hard dude. You know, right. that's that's dope. That's your brand. You know, so I'm just trying to develop my, my brand as a comedian. And, you know, and, and for me, you know, obviously just being a dad has a lot to do with it. But, sure. you know, at some point, you know, Eddie Murphy, that's his name. Kevin Hart, that's his name. You know, so I'm just my name is Adam Welton. You know, let's let's do some comedy. Let's laugh. For you sure. know, we just got to You know, but, you know, even as a DJ, you know, I've, I've, and I've took some uh, when I took some acting uh, classes, uh, some of the, the, the teachers, she said, you know, why are people why aren't you branding your uh, your acting and your car, you know, as you do your other business? For sure. Because DJ, DJ Mad Hatter is branded, you know, to the T. When you hear that, it's like, bam, oh, yep. DJ Mad Hatter, you sure. know. And then the Mad Hatter comes out sometimes. He puts the hat on, the glasses. He'll go out on the dance floor, blow some bubbles. He's got his little Mad Hatter coat. It's pretty cool. You know yep. what I'm saying? For sure. Um, and so, but just like something like that to bring that to the entertainment world, you know, as, as far as uh, acting and comedy and all that. Uh, just like what I told with you, Flip Schultz and everything, that yeah. was just, a, you know, very inspiring. So sure. that to me is just kind of like, you know, I want to get down and dirty as myself. I want to go up there as myself. And then we can add, you know, uh, uh, somebody else, you know, I, I want to conquer myself first. No, I, I, I dig it. I dig it. I guess, I guess you got to kind of got to know yourself before you can uh, turn yourself into somebody else or exactly. some, some, you know, philosophical thing that I could say in that moment right there. Uh, but you know, so that that's fantastic. You just wanting to have your hands in so many different facets of entertainment is just inspiring in itself. You know what I mean? I know you did that. You and I have had a couple conversations about it. I'm sure it is going to be setting a good example going forward and, 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 and setting the stage to be a good role model for your daughters as well to show them that you can achieve all of these different things and do so many different things, which is a beautiful thing. Um, Let's talk about fatherhood for a second. Um, how has has that been for you? I know you're what five six years in, two kids deep, which is a crazy concept to me. Who's only seven months in? But how how have you been dealing with that? Was it natural to you? Did did it come easily? Did you struggle with it? Were you freaking out? Uh, talk to me about that a little bit. Uh, so. It came very easily. Uh, I figured. You know it just came. <laughs> I figured for you. I told you. I thought, like I said it before, man. I figured it came easy to you. You just have that naturally. Well, ingrained... I, was, I was. I was speaking more in sexual terms. You know, for the, for the wifey, it was a lot harder for her. You know, it took <laughs> right. ten, ten months in labor, but for me, it was. You know, it took me about ten seconds. You know. <laughs> uh, but as far as um, just being a father, man, you know, I was raised by my father. You know, okay. I had that. Uh, uh, that ability and that you know and and a lot of us black men who went to college i went to college because our father was there for was, was your father was yep. he a part of your life yep absolutely and our fathers were there for us and so now we have that opportunity now whether or not you know they were the best you know they, they did the best that they could sure. you know my father did the best that he could you know coming from cabrini green and gary indiana and his father was murdered at gunpoint you know Damn. what i'm saying and so yeah, yeah. So having that type of background for him to raise me, you know, in the church, uh, loving God, that really set the solid foundation for me. So sure. uh, when we uh, take the girls out and, you know, the grandparents see the girls, they're, they're comparing them to other kids that they see. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, these girls are fantastic compared to those kids over there. Yeah. You <laughs> like know, the, and those, those troublemakers, those, those little whippersnappers. What'd you say? Those little whippersnappers over there. Yeah, but 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 those kids, those parents are, are rocket scientists. For sure. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like you're you're a rocket scientist and you got some two badass kids running around, like, what are you doing? You know, right. why, sure. why is why is the nanny raising your kid? You yep. know, so <laughs> No, so, I I am with you on that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much the main thing, man. As far as, you know, fatherhood, just you know, when when Layla was born, it, I really just felt you know, Sam, my, my wife even said that. She even said, like, wow, as soon as, you know, Layla was born, you just kind of took her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I just I just felt that responsibility. I mean, she she had her for 10 months, you know, and I this was my opportunity to have my baby. You Yo, know? that's so, such a beautiful thing. And it's so, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's such like a yeah. beautiful statement to be made because I kind of felt the exact same way. Um I, that, that was just very beautifully said. Continue on, my, my good friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she had her for 10 months. It's like, yo, it's my turn. You know, yeah. let me get 10 years on it. Yeah. You know? 
So, I mean, to even have a daughter as well, that was also just a a life-changing event for me and also my family because I come from a background. I'm the oldest of six boys. Damn. I have five younger brothers, dude. God damn, that's a lot of testosterone (laughs) running around in that house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, most of us, you know, the top three, the oldest of us have kids and everything. We're out of the house and all that kind of thing. Uh, so they have three high school kids. Well, two are in high school. One is in college age. Okay. So that's pretty much the where they at where they're at now. But Damn. I was the first one to have the daughter. They, the last four of my brothers are supposed to be girls. And really? so for me to have a girl, well, not supposed to be, but they wanted them to be girls. Okay, you know gotcha. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait. This <laughs> first meeting just came out. I was like, wait. We got to get into right, that right. story because no, no, no. yeah. <laughs> right. So they wanted them to be girls. Okay. But, you know. They, they, you know, give it to, I had to ended up, you know, making it happen for sure. 2014, you know, so that was the, uh, it was just a big, you know, just to have a girl, uh, it's just powerful, man. So that was just a, a big thing for me, uh, in my family. It really is. It really is a powerful thing, right? To have, to have a girl, especially as a man, right? Cause it's, there's something so, I, oh, I always use the term angelic about uh, about having a baby girl you know the way that they look and i have no frame of reference with having a baby boy so like that also may be angelic but like i see how my daughter looks these big angel eyes and they're so soft and 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 it's it's so like they're so soft and pretty and sparkly and i'm just like wow like i always wanted to have a boy like anytime that i imagine having my firstborn child i always the, the picture in my head was always having a boy, right? We can go play basketball. We could watch basketball, talk sports, blah, 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 blah. But when I had my daughter, I was like, I would not want this any other way because just her looking up at me from a changing table or her crib, it, there's something so angelic about it. It's the only way that I can really describe it. Um, it's such a beautiful thing and I think as a man it also softens you and it and in it enables you to see the world from the female perspective as much as physically possible I guess you know what I mean do you find that to be the same thing with you or am I just talking out the side of my neck no man you're absolutely right um so as far as you know exactly what you said just the power of of like exactly you know seeing the female perspective um, I mean, cause we gotta, she has no idea the, the, the perils and the trials of this world, especially as a woman. Absolutely. And so as a, as a father, we're aware, you know what I'm saying? We've been around the world and, and you know, if we went to college, you yep. know what I'm saying? So, you're damn right. Damn right. We went so, to college, so, post-college, you know, so, the whole night. Right, right. So I, I, this is what I told my brother. I said, if God loves you, he's going to give you, you know, he's going to give you a boy. But if he really loves you, he's going to give you a girl. So I just think God really loves us, man. And, you know, just to be an advocate, um, for the, for the female, you know, uh, for the females, you know what I'm saying? On on that side, exactly what you said to try to see it from their perspective. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about girl power, you know, that's, that's really, yeah. So that's really what I'm trying to, um, you know, that's why I'm glad with the Kobe thing. I did a little post about Kobe and, the, uh, you know, just being a girl dad yep. and just the, the power of being a girl dad. I got two, you know, and I'm, I'm done. You know, I had my vasectomy, okay. bro. So once you get two, <laughs> once you get two, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's up to you. But I'm trying to tell you, people with more than two two kids are broke. Yeah, that's what I'm saying in my comedy, G. I'm yeah. saying you got you got way too many kids. You broke as hell. Yeah, unless you live in New York, and then if you have one kid, you are broke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah, right, right. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, right, right. Don't be popping off more kids, cause right, cause y'all ain't got no space in New York. Yo, what we like, places in New York are like freaking closets, man. Like yeah. people are like I, my brother-in-law just moved like deeper in Brooklyn than when we are. Right, and, like we have a pretty decent amount of space and in. in our apartment we got a nice big living room my daughter has a room that she can like actually oh, nice. sort of okay. grow up in okay. we got a big room that if we have a second kid in this apartment they will probably take over our room and leave us in the little closet size <laughs> room that my daughter has that she can move yeah. around in but we can't deal with but um uh, my, my brother-in-law just moved into an apartment like deeper in brooklyn it's like that the farther away you get from humanity 
the bigger that's where all the big apartments are that's where all the space is in new york and at that point like what's the point of living in new york you know what i mean if you're not going right, to be right, near no, anything, it, it, like... Take, take your ass to Rochester. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly, right, 100%. <laughs> I'll be up in White Plains chilling and... Hey, and, but that's, uh, that's how it'd be out here, though. You no, know, true. With us, with us we, we were... We moved into North Hollywood, Sam and I. We just got married, and then five days later, we moved out here. So the marriage in L.A. was all, was all a big transition for, for the both of us. So I'm in Tarzana, which is basically the boonies to anybody else in L.A., <laughs> Because the two bedrooms are a lot cheaper than the two bedrooms in Minoho. Yep, so just like exactly what you were saying, you know, the further you get out from humanity. So I'm trying to stay with humanity with my two kids in, already in the boonies. Yeah. So that's why I got my vasectomy. So you should probably go get your vasectomy right now. Bro. <laughs> oh, man. See, this is exactly what I want to talk to you, man. This is going to be hilarious. Um, you, you do the DJ thing, right? Let's, we'll jump back into that for a second. You do the DJ. I know you do a lot of like kids parties. You got the DJ Manhattan thing. You do a lot of the bar mitzvahs, uh, probably Sweet 16s, birthdays, all that type of stuff. Are you throwing dance parties like you do uh, at, at the at the parties that you get paid to do for your daughters? Like, are you doing that also for them? Oh, that's that's a good question, man. They love DJ Manhattan. You know I'm what I'm sure saying? they do. So, so, some, sometimes he, uh, I mean, he always comes home every weekend with a little, a little party, little trinkets. Like my daughter's been rocking these little light up glasses. Oh uh, shit! And I think for her birthday, I did bring a light and put some music on. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, DJ Manhattan makes a mess with balloon and confettis, and uh, Adam <laughs> Welton, Adam Welton does not like a mess. So, <laughs> no, because Adam uh, Welton has to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're gonna throw a party for the girls. Uh, we we threw a party a couple years ago. So my rule as a dad is, every other year you got to throw a party, and every other year you got to go on a trip. Oh, interesting. So like last this. year we went to Legoland for their birthday. This oh, that's year we'll throw a birthday party. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? And so next year we'll go on a trip because think about it. As a parent, you don't uh, throw in a birthday party. Come on, G. The kid already got too many damn toys. Yes, that's true. You feel me? You <laughs> you, you spending all this money for three four hours? No, no. Even I've been seeing articles online that said traveling is more beneficial to kids than gifts and things like that. You yeah, because they get the experience. So, it it helps exactly. them to mature and it gives them it gives them a little bit more experience. I'm all about the I'm all about the the actual personalized engagement with my daughter as opposed to just like throwing her in her back like when when she was very little and like we weren't sleeping at all because she wasn't sleeping at all, I'm like, all right, listen, I need you to go into the swing for a little bit and daddy needs to just like relax and get some me time. But now that she like sleeps better and my wife and I are both getting sleep and stuff like that. I am so much more about like the actual personal engagement, um, which if so facto, that's kind of what a trip is comparatively to just like a birthday party where they're just getting gifts and stuff like that. See, this is why I do this pod, man. I learn all these little tips of the trade from everybody that I've done like 24, 25 episodes and that's 24, 25 different dads that now I can take tips from and, you know, be super dad. You know what I mean? And and the best part about going on the trip is that you get some sort of benefit as a dad as well. You know what I'm saying? Because when you throw a birthday party, you got Minnie Mouse and, you know, bubbles running around. You're like, what the hell is this? But when you at Legoland, you're on a roller coaster. That shit fun. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. We're now trying to figure out our first trip as a family. Um, The only thing that is kind of putting a roadblock in that is that we're petrified to get on a plane with all this coronavirus shit going on right now because like I'm afraid to let my daughter leave the house I had a cough I've had like a cough for like four days and my wife's like babe you better go check out make sure you don't have coronavirus I'm like hey it's a freaking cough she's like no that's how it starts that's how it starts what if you do they gonna gonna coronavirus and and, uh, (laughs) shut you what's the word they're going to box your ass off. You're right. They're going to quarantine you. ain't going to do no more podcasts. Yeah, right. like, what happened to Mo? He yeah. got corona. That yeah. <laughs> he is out. They, the people boycotting corona beer, the world is boycotting Mo because yes. he got coronavirus. People are so stupid. 
Yo, how stupid is it that they're, they're boycotting the Corona beer that shit? Is you so saw that? Stupid people oh, are. Yes, God. everybody's so dumb. They're everybody's so dumb. So uh, but I, I mean, Corona was already a bad beer. I think whoa, 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 whoa! Adam Welton, we about to have a fight whoa. on the podcast. Hey, have you ever had a Corona without a lime? No, you, you know what? You're 100 correct. Corona without a lime is terrible. It's you disgusting. need the lime. So you why need you gotta put a lime to make your beer taste good, bro? Every other beer don't need something else to make it taste good. That you know corona, why? That, because hey, people should have been boycotted it before the damn <laughs> coronavirus hit. You know what I mean? Now, nah, man, Corona got the business model down because it ain't no fun if the homies can't get none. So, so <laughs> not only are they making money for for. Anheuser Busch or whoever the hell owns Corona, but they're also making money for the lime industry. You know what I'm saying? Love the Corona is a lime's best friend. Oh my gosh! Oh, cor- <laughs> Orale. <Yo. laughs> my man, that's crazy. Um, so you throwing these parties? You throwing the day? I-, I imagine you throwing the dance parties for your girls, and I feel like that's like. I feel like that's something that they love. I feel like your entertaining personality is something that is always keeping them entertained. Do they see you as an entertaining entity or are they just like, nah, man, that's just my corny ass dad. Uh, so that's a good question, man, because, um, once, once the, your, your daughter's going to get a little bit older, you know, she's going to be a lot more, you know, into you and just like, you know, so I have to literally, you know, let these girls know, you know, daddy has to go and do work in the room. Leave me alone. You know what right. I'm saying? And, and and so they, 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 we play, you know, and I'll make it intentional to, to try to play with them. Right. Uh, I try to play Legos with, with them. Um, but they love playing princesses, man. Oh, God. They love doing the princesses and all that. So you better get ready, dude. You're going to get you some dollies, some princesses. You're going to be sitting <laughs> there doing make believe, doing hair and nails and all that stuff. Cause look, uh, we got, I got my character. So I have, I have a couple toys that are my characters. I got uh, Eric from, uh, we got Eric in there from uh, Princess Ariel. That's oh, her boyfriend. Yeah, okay, yep, yep, yep. And from then, Mermaid, uh, Little Mermaid. Eugene, yeah, Little Mermaid. And then Eugene is from uh, Rapunzel. So those okay. are my two dudes that I usually mainly play with okay. when I'm in there. But okay. daddy's daddy's favorite princess is Princess Tiana. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So they, they know that daddy out here, you know, for the peoples, you know, Princess <laughs> Tiana. <laughs> although low, although low key between me and you, my favorite princess is Princess Jasmine. You know what I'm yeah, saying? She's going to roll up here right come now. On, bro. I'll be like, what's good, Jasmine? Come on, bro. I come got on. a magic carpet you can ride on. <laughs> right, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> Man, you crazy. Uh, see, I, I'm, I'm actually, I already know that I'm going to be heavily involved in this princess game because my daughter's name is Aurora, which is Sleeping Beauty. So uh, like we already know, you that's, know, so, that's Tiana's best friend. Yeah, I, exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, she already has, she already has her Barbie Sleeping Beauty Aurora doll. It's still in the box, like you know, sitting on her shelf. Ooh. I'm just waiting for the day when she gets old enough and she gonna be like, Daddy, let's play Sleeping Beauty, and I'm be like, Oh man, but I'm Princess Aurora. Uh, it's yeah, I'm already. My daughter started walking around 10, around 10, 11 months, bro. Okay. And then once they start walking, G, all this stuff you talking about, it's about to pick up crazy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, My daughter so, is crawling. She's crawling oh, now. Well, yeah. she, you could say it's crawling, but what she really does is like the slap and pull, right? So she slaps the, the floor and then pulls herself. You know what I mean? It's the funny, but she's fast. She just is darting all over the room, but she doesn't have a good attention span. So like, you know, you could like throw a ball like behind, if she's like coming to me in the kitchen and I'm like, no, 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 don't come in here. I'm like cooking hot stuff. I can like throw something behind her and she just forgets that I'm there and turns around and just goes up. That's awesome. When you said uh, it's pretty cool, I saw uh, this thing on babies that all babies don't crawl the same. So when you call, when you said it's the slapping pool, yep. that didn't surprise me because you know some babies you know crawl with one leg or whatever you said the slapping pool. Um, so that's that's normal that the fact that she does it differently. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, so but, but, that's cool. but she's our, our daughter's definitely going to walk very soon. I, since like her is. is the second she got out the womb, I've been like trying to like stand her up on her legs, and so now she'll like 
I can stand her up in a crib and she'll hold on to the side of the crib and she can like hold herself up. You know, she can, she's going to start, I don't know. She's also starting to talk now too. Uh, Like not really like say words, but she's trying. So basically, man, these next two, three months, you finna have a grown person in your house. I know. She already is starting to have opinions and like starting to choose (laughs) things. You know what I mean? Like I noticed that the first time, like for the first time, like this past weekend, we started We've been giving her solid foods for about a month or so now. And over this past weekend, we gave her beets and for the first time, right? And she has been eating everything. Anything we give her, bam, 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 like Pac-Man, right? And just eating it all up. And we gave her beets and she was like, yeah. And we tried to give it back to her and she just refused to open her mouth. She was like, girl, oh, I am not eat doing beets. this. That's your... You being a bad dad, giving your baby beets. Beets are terrible. What are you they doing? Are, I, you know what? Well, I give her radishes beets. too, nigga. <laughs> give her some radishes and some dirt, nigga. What the fuck? My wife loves no, beets. You know what? I, I hate beets also. Beets recently on the juice, like beet juice, when yeah. you mix it with carrots and ginger and all that, I'll drink it. But just to eat a regular ass beet, that shit is disgusting, bro. You I don't know, know about it. I beets. made beet. I'm, so I make all the food for her, right? So like, I roasted this beet. I thought it was delicious. Bruh. And no, I hate them. nobody likes beef, bro. What the <laughs> hell is you? You would get that Northwestern, man. Bro. <laughs> you eat beets, bro. What the hell? Oh my God. No, I mean, I, I tried it for the first time when I made them, and I'm not for the first time. I hate beets always, and I, like I tried it. For, why I you give it to your kid? Because I wanted to get some different tastes in her mouth. You know what oh. I'm saying? I'm trying to, you know, like she uh, she needs to experience different. I'm reading all this stuff that they need to experience different tastes, and so like I'm using turmeric and ginger and cinnamon. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll give her some beets. Who do, who not mix them with some apples? Maybe she'll eat it. Nope. She, you she you, you're 100 percent right. Don't nobody like to eat beets. She doesn't like to eat beets. She hated it. She literally was spitting it out and then would not open her mouth. I had to go make her some plums. She loves plums. That's her favorite. Yeah, I had to go make her go. some plums and, and and she ate that up just so she could eat. But she's starting to have these opinions and like know what she likes and not like, doesn't like. She has like a box of toys now. She crawls over it and she's picking the toy that she wants to play with instead of just whatever the hell is in front of her. Um, I, you know, she's becoming an independent woman, man. Um, and she didn't even listen to Beyonce yet you know what I mean I'm just like come on bro <laughs> that's dope man yeah this, my, my, my daughters yeah as far as the opinions bro they, they definitely got something to say every, every, <laughs> all the time especially yes. the six year old yeah. you know so just them opinions they just gonna keep coming they I know I, how, how you de- how do you deal with that especially coming from especially coming from your daughter right like which I feel like with your son, you can be like, oh, just shut it. You know, you can be right, a little right. bit more, ag- not aggressive, but like strong, like sturdy. Um, how how do you deal with like telling your daughters no or, you know, having to, I don't want to say discipline necessarily is being the right word, but how are you finding that difficult to do with daughters? That's a good question, man. So I have different levels of uh, discipline. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, this is this is what I need to know right here. I'm, yeah, I'm all yeah. ears. So I mean, it just kind of depends. You know, the punishment has to fit the crime. But as far as nonviolent, you know, things, you always got to threaten to get rid of all the toys. Oh, you don't want to play with the toys in your room? How about I just throw all of them away? Oh so God! I've, <laughs> so I've literally had to go in there. I've actually once or twice. No, you didn't. I think didn't. once I actually did. I got a small plastic bag and no, I just got a bunch of toys and I just threw them in the trash because, you know, there was there were certain levels of ignorance. I don't remember what it was, but, you know, that's what I needed to do at that time. Oh, my uh, God. And so, so now there's always a threat of I'm going to get the plastic bag. And they're like, no, don't get the plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but look, but look, look, I'm not the bad guy because what I do, I have a on my top of my refrigerator. It's kind of like Elf on the Shelf. I have a little Paw Patrol chase, a little okay, Paw Patrol okay. dog, and I call him. I say, I say, call him Paw Patrol. Come here, Paw Patrol. And Paw Patrol responds, and he has, he gets the plastic bag, and also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's not me. I'm not the bad guy. It's Paw Patrol. That's, that's you know? amazing. That's so good. <laughs> See, the key. I feel like the key when you have to discipline and you're making threats is that the first time you threaten, you actually have to do it. Like, you actually have to go through with the threat, and then they know you're serious, and now when you do, like, 
if you don't stop, I'm going to do what I told right, you I was going right, to do. Right, and I right, actually so. did it the last time. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just making right, empty threats. Right. And they learn. And girls are... remember. Now, I've done, some, I've done some bad things, too, man, to where I think it was an aerial doll. I had I took the knife, and I think I cut the hair off. I think it, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, did, I did some, like, really bad things to a doll. I, I forget. I, it was it was like on some Sid from Toy Story. Uh, uh, I got to like I said, man. When you when you oh, you don't remember what, exactly what she did. I just remember what I did. You know, what yeah, for so, sure. So so she, she, I just remember I I got I took a knife and you know I dismembered Ariel. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's so mean. That's so mean, bro. I, if I'm, I feel like I'm one of your daughters that watched that yeah, happen, right. and so, I'm like about to cry. Like I felt like her heart just broke. What? So whatever happened, you know, nobody got hurt. The doll went in the trash. You oh know, she understood God. that whatever happened, it never happened again. So did you buy her another one? <laughs> yeah, she got mad aerials, bro. Oh, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. As yeah, long as I like the only. You know that Kirby enthusiasm episode where he cuts the he he tells the do, the, the the woman's daughter to, to give the doll a haircut because she thinks it's gonna grow back and then she gets oh mad because gosh. she cuts a, she gave the doll a haircut and then the mom told her that it's not gonna grow back. Oh and my god! So then Larry has to go and take the head off of his friend's his friend's daughter has the same doll takes the head off and they oh, switch heads. Yes, the- <laughs> yes. I need to watch that. If, I love you know. Like macabre, you know, sadistic mutilation of toys, like, <laughs> like like Sid from Toy Story. I feel like I feel like if I was white, I would be Sid from Toy Story. Oh my god, I never would have. You're such a you're such a nice, fun loving guy. I never would have pinned you as a Sid from Toy Story into mutilating hey, dolls, bro. Okay, stop. But hey, he's a good villain though. Think about it. He's one sure. of the best villains that he he gets no he gets no street cred. Like that was a dope villain. He took all the toys. Made him into alternate crazy toys. Yeah, that's and, just crazy. You know, nobody, he's not in the sentence with Jafar. He's not in the sentence with Scar or any other Disney villain. Ursula. We don't. We don't think about Sid. We got to give Sid a little bit more street cred as a villain. Well, you know, know, as I, a father, I, I, you know? I, I'm with you because the, the the mutilation of a toy is like I feel like as a kid that is like the worst <laughs> thing that you can do to them is yeah. like is like mess with their toys. You know what I mean? Like I remember like when I was little and I had all my Spider-Man action figures if, if somebody came in and rearranged the arms and legs on Spider-Man and Venom and, and Wolverine and stuff, I would have freaked <laughs> out I would have been so upset that's like an evil 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 thing to do this is you know what yeah. I, I like this. The, the, the Sid needing more street cred is, is very true. I, I'm with you on this one. This is uh, this is this is true philosophical uh, conversation we're having right here. <laughs> yeah, dude, we definitely gotta, you know. But other than that, man, you know, I always try to, you know, just talk to them, just like sure. I talk to you or anybody else. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's just like you, you. Why did you do that? Yeah. You know, so just like yesterday. Or two days ago, the girls uh, had their neighbor friend over another girl, uh, Layla's age. She's around uh, five. five so it was two five-year-olds and my two-year-old playing in the room together. So I walk in the room and I say, where's Layla? And Layla is in the toy box. The uh, other two girls are sitting on top of the toy box. Layla has a freaking dress wrapped around her head. What? And I'm like... What the heck? And so I, she, oh, she comes out the toy box and she looks like a turtle. She's got this thing coming out, and I'm like, "How are you even breathing?" They're sitting on the toy box, so I had to talk to her. I was like, "What is wrong with you? you, you do you want to die? Do you want to suffocate to death?" Oh my do you god! Know what I'm saying like, "What are you doing? Why are you? Why are you two on top of the toy box? Why are you inside with something wrapped oh around god. your head?" Jesus. <laughs> See, like this yes. is the thing about these are the so, things about fatherhood that like that scare me to death is that your kids just like try things that can possibly kill them. Yes, bro. So that's why I said I said that's why I just talked to her. Like I said, I talked to you. I said, "Do you want to die?" Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like you talk to him like that, you know that's real. Yeah, for you sure. know, and I and as as a comedian, I can't help but tell the truth. Yeah, for sure. And so that's that's me telling her like what is wrong with y'all? Yeah. And so I was I was headed out the door at that point, so I just kind of left it, you know, like come on girls, like you know, look out for each other. I kind of and then Sam Sam I called her later, she was like, "Yeah, I made him cry, so we good." <laughs> oh my god. You and your wife, you're both Oh my god. I can't yeah, even Sam, Oh, she crazy. You got to talk to her, bro, cuz this this she the crazy one. Oh like my I'm crazy, god. But I'm afraid of her, so you know. <laughs> 
Oh man, this is that's hilarious, G. Um, but we're gonna wrap up here in a second, a dub. And um, what I always do to end to end the conversations is I ask every dad two two questions. So I'm gonna throw them your way. Um, the first one is, what has been your favorite experience or favorite thing about being a dad or about fatherhood in general to date? Um. I mean, I think we kind of covered it. Just just the fact of being a girl dad is just very powerful. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. You know, I, I have two girls and I don't need anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm just thankful that God has given me these perfectly healthy, you know, uh, daughters that who love me so much, you know, and they, they we spend time together. I take them to the park, you know, and, and we play video, me and Layla play uh, video games together. So, uh, it just, you know, just the fact that I have them, is yeah. just, I think the best experience. So, um, I, I wish I could put it on one moment or one thing, but just the fact that I, you know, I can see them today, you yeah. know, that I can go get them from school and, you know, they can give daddy a big, big, which means give me a hug. That's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Like when I feel like as you get, as you get further down the road as a parent, as a father, etc., you know, the moments, the individual moments become bigger concepts, right? So well, like, like, yeah. so like what, you know, like what you touched on, it's not just necessarily for me every day is 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 a memory right like i have a specific memory of everything that she did like i remember how she looked in her crib this morning when i woke her up at 6 30 or actually she woke me up at 6 30 and then i had to go and take her out the crib but you know i like when i got her from her crib at 6 30 and i opened her blind and i remember that exact look that she turned her head up diagonal look at me smile like i remember all of those individual moments because i only have seven months of experience doing it right but i feel like as you get further down the road those moments continue to compile and they just make for a larger experience the the second question i always ask and you gave one piece earlier but i'm i always ask dads especially those that are further ahead than me which is just about everybody that i talk to um is uh is what is your biggest piece of advice or the the best advice that you could give based on your experience as a as a dad to a younger dad a prospective dad an expecting dad etc what's the best piece of advice that you could give based on your experience uh my quiet time is extremely important to me. Like your alone time to yourself. Yeah, with okay. God. Okay. So I get so much pushed and pulled from everywhere, everywhere else. My kids, my wife, you know what I'm saying? DJing, uh, you know, just the pressures of just being a black man in America, yep. right? Um, cleaning the house, just everything that I do within a day. But to be able to sit back, shut the door, find some peace and quiet. And, you know, I play, I sit there and I'll play my video game and, you know, but I just need time to myself, Yep. you know, so that, and, and I, and my, with myself also time, you know, prayer time, your alone yep. time with God. Sure. So that to me is the biggest thing because it's so easy to get caught up in all the million hundred thousand things you got to do. But if you don't take the time, for yourself to refocus your energy, to put your feet up, to relax, to zone out, to meditate, to pray. It's going to be hard for you to be the best person that you can be for everyone else. I dig that a million percent. I dig it a million, 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 million percent. Um, especially with having a kid, it's when it's very difficult to have alone. You know, it's important to have alone time. Mommy and daddy's husband, wife as partners, you know, that's one set of alone time and quiet time to have. But it's also very important, I think, for both for both partners to have their alone time to do whatever it is that they need to do to, like you said, refocus your energy. I think that's super important. Um, And yeah, that's great because it doesn't come very often once you have kids. It's gone, bro. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, amen. Uh, Adam, A-Dub. DJ Mad Hatter, all three of your personalities and probably the six other ones, Eric and and all <laughs> all that other stuff, uh, Sid and everything. Yo, it was it was good. <laughs> 
No, it was great having you on, man. This is like a, this is a, a fun. This is exactly what I what I thought you would be on. This is is a great fun, funny time, fun loving conversation. Um, it was absolutely hilarious. I really appreciate you taking some of your alone time to to share with me uh, uh, to do to do the pod. So I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope to have you on again soon. And absolutely, and and speaking of the podcast, you yeah. know, I'm seven. I got about seventeen episodes up. Um, so yeah, definitely y'all check that out. 100 podcast. Yes. It's on YouTube. We want people to find me on YouTube. So cool. search Adam Welton comedy on YouTube. That's my YouTube username or look up the 100 H U N N I D podcast. Uh, we need more YouTube subscribers. It is a video podcast. Yeah. You're going to so, start so, it up you know, again. I mean, Let's so go. Exactly what you just said, man. I'm excited for that. And you know, you know, so we just going to keep it moving with that very, very soon. Uh, and yeah, on my Instagram, DJ Mad Hatter, uh, you can buy some t-shirts. So yeah, and 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 if people are in the in a, in a California area and want to hire you to do their parties because they were laughing hysterically and 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 just felt your energy on this pod, how can they how can they get you to come out and do a party for them? Uh, so first of all, I'm just not in the Cali area. Okay, okay. I think my computer can go on my backpack. I can go anywhere around the world. So okay. I told you I'm Idris Elba in this bitch. So. <laughs> Y'all know how to find me, DJ Manhattan on Instagram. If you don't know how to spell, I don't need to work with you, so figure it out. <laughs> All right, G. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much again. Um, we'll talk soon, and uh, and, and I'm very excited you starting the podcast up again. That That's, uh, that's major oh, yeah, news that, right there. You know, hey, you know when black folk get their taxes, they got to do the thing again, you know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> Man, you're a trip, bro. Um, all right, man. Thank you again for coming on. I'll talk to you soon, bro. All right, homie. Thank you. Peace. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. Thank you very much once again to my boy, my guest, my main man, Adam Welton, DJ Mad Hatter, A-Dub in the club. As always, to connect on a fatherhood brotherhood, hit us up with an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and catch the Facebook, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place, dad hard or go home, baby. That's all for us. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground.